0: This time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time.
1: What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 25 of the Power Company podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Uh, we are officially just over one year old, and this is the first episode of the new year, and uh, I think that officially makes us toddlers, uh, which, which honestly makes us a little bit dangerous. So... You're going to have to prepare yourselves. You're going to have to cover all the sharp corners in your house. You're going to have to lock up your cabinets because we're uh, we're running around everywhere in 2017. Uh, right now, though, <clears throat> we are in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I've spent uh, quite a bit of time in the winter's past. And, uh, you know, years ago when I first came here, I went to Rocktown and I saw this boulder that houses... The problem, uh, Golden Harvest, which is a V10 that might be one of the most beautiful boulders on earth. And uh, my first thought when I saw it was, damn, if I'm ever able to climb that thing someday, that that would be it. That would be the culmination of my climbing career. And I've kind of put all my chips in on that problem um, while we've been here and I'm making progress but it's, it's subtle, tiny progressions that are uh, tough to measure, and it's a little bit um, funstrating. Uh, that's, that's my new word lately. Uh, you don't have to adopt it. It's not very good, but that's what I'm using, funstrating. And uh, yeah, all the chips are in, so we're going to see what happens. Right now, the weather is not working in my favor, um, but I'll get a few more days, and I feel like I'm close. And if I don't do it, it'll still be there and I'll come back better prepared next time and I'm having an amazing time climbing on it so yeah that's where we're at here Annalisa's crushing everything she touches so I'm not going to let her touch Golden Harvest because that would completely destroy my ego and I don't know if I can handle that at this point I'm a little fragile um (laughs) yeah so my my fragile ego has two more weeks here and then we head to Waco Tanks which I'm Extremely excited about. Um, I've never been. It's going to be amazing. It's really all there is to say about it. Um, today on the podcast, we've got Craig DiMartino. And if you if you Google Craig's name, uh, the first thing that you come up with is his website, craigdimartino.com. And the website description there in Google says uh, DiMartino is a disabled rock climber, motivational speaker, etc., etc. Uh, but I think he's a rock climber who happens to be disabled. I don't think I could categorize him as a disabled rock climber because he's fully able. And if you've ever met Craig out at the crags, then I think you'll share that sentiment. And he certainly embodies it. So, um, if you know, Craig had an accident in 2002. Uh, and if you've not heard about the accident, you should definitely go to episode 11 of the EnormaCast, where OG climbing podcaster Chris Kalous has a really epic, inspiring conversation with Craig about his accident. Uh, we don't go into the details here. Um, we sort of skirt around that and talk about some other things. So um, definitely go to episode 11 of the EnormaCast. Go to Craig's website. There are several short films. Uh, that Craig has um, told his story in uh, The Gimp Monkeys as well as a series called The Season um, and you should check those out and learn a little more about Craig uh, so I'm just gonna jump into this thing let's do it
2: you know you're gonna hit bumps in the road I mean I hit a bump in the road and you gotta, you're got either gonna go around it or you're gonna let it bury you and I went around it and so you can do the same thing this
0: time this time power this time time power this time time power what
1: uh, what year was it that you 2000
2: i got hurt in 2002 in july and then i kept my leg for 16 months and then amputated 18 months after 16 months when I decided like, okay, this isn't going to work. And then went back in at 18 months and, and did the amputation and that kind of, so that was actually 03 at that point, but.
1: So the accident was 2002.
2: So hit the ground July of 2002 and then surgery after surgery, surgery so in and out of the hospital. And then in 03, in. 2003 in December the doctor was just like you're it's not gonna heal and so what do you want to do you can't and no more you're not gonna be able to climb and I was like yeah so talked to Cindy and talked to a couple people who had cut their leg off and were semi-active again
1: I love know? that you say that so nonchalantly <laughs> cut their leg off and it was, one of the powerful moments hearing you talk is is talking about this sharpie moment yeah oh yeah on your leg yeah and to me that I imagine for you that represents a, like a turning point.
2: Yeah. Like, That's when you get to that, you know, you're at that fork and you you don't have to go down, right? Cause it's, it's elective. But I kept thinking, you know, do I want to climb? Do I want to be outside? Do I want to be doing the things that I right. do? And so you sign your name on your leg and you've, you've committed. Cause I mean, really up till that point, you're not committed. You're, you're talking about it. You're, it's, it's semi real but it's not all the way real right. when you sign on it that's really your last official act for that that limb and so you cuz once you sign it they knock you out and you know when you wake up it's it's gone and then you can't back it up but to me it became such an objective thing it was just like th- my body is not working the way i needed to work and so how how can i how can i kind of help it along this road to get me back to where I want to be. And that was, that was what I had to do. So it wasn't, it was weird and hard, but once I got to that part, it was like, yeah, this is good. I'm ready now. So.
1: Yeah. And, and what I want to kind of dig into with you today is I don't know whether to call it overcoming limitations or ignoring Mm -hmm. limitations or just no limitations. I don't know. (laughs) I don't really know what to call it. How do you you know, when you made that decision, when you signed your leg and said, "Yeah, let's let's cut this thing off," how did you how did you think of the next step? Like, was it, am I going to overcome limitations, or or was it, I'm just not going to have limitations. I'm just going to keep going with what I do.
2: I think it was a, a combination of all that. It wasn't one thing. Me saying, I'm not going to be limited or mm-hmm. or that. It wasn't that conscious of a decision. It was more that I looked at my leg, I looked at, I, you know, I have a fused back, I have a fused neck, I have all this chronic stuff in my body. Right. I thought, okay, this isn't going to work. So I'm going to cut the leg off and then see what I can do. It, it was just more of a, I want a curious person by nature, I think. And so I'm like, okay, let's see what this is going to do. I never thought yeah, I'm going to go climb in the valley or I'm never, I didn't have a plan. It was just, I'm, I'd like right. to try to climb again.
1: <laughs> you knew there were going to be challenges ahead. Correct. And you were willing to face those.
2: Yeah. And like Cindy and I talked about it a lot and we'd been married a long time at that point. And she said to me, you know, if you don't want to climb again, I totally get that. But yeah. she's like, but if you, if you want to climb again, I totally get that too. Cause she's been a climber as long as I have. So it was like, am I ready to take this thing out of my life that is, basically my dna and just ignore it and and that was more the driving force for me it was like that i can't ignore that and i wanted to decide that i didn't want the accident to be the thing that kept t- taking from me because up until that point it was whereas the leg i kind of look at that as it's the first step that i took positively towards recovery because i could interesting I could yeah just move
1: <clears throat> yeah so so it wasn't just that you were and here's the here's why i'm having a tough time putting this into words because you know i'm not in that situation and it's so easy for all of us to if we have a finger injury you know feel sorry for ourselves like oh i don't get to climb for six months you know <laughs> i have to rest and right. i just went through a shoulder surgery last year right. and it was six months before i could really climb again and it during that time i talked to Rambai, who you're friends with as well And it really put everything into perspective for me. Like, man, this is such a minor setback, you know. And looking at your decision-making process, you had a major setback, a a big one. And having to decide, oh, I'm going to cut my leg off, and that's a positive step. Right. That seems outlandish to me you know i I can't even imagine it but i guess when you're in those in that circumstance you know we we tend to rise to the occasion and it's
2: like it's like i can look at your shoulder you did your shoulder because you knew you had to right so that you can move forward right so you you did the same thing it's just you did it inside instead of out so, and, a,
1: and on a much lower scale. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, but it, like an, <laughs> let's an, be, an let's injury is an injury. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I think an injury is an is an injury. Like uh. I, I we're talking to Ranve a lot, obviously, and and seeing her injuries, it's like they're they're all bad. You know, yeah. there's not not a good injury out there. Right. And I think sometimes the stuff that is chronic <clears> in you, like my finger is hurt. <laughs> it's funny that you said that. So my middle finger is is always sore, and I'm like that is a pain to me. Like, that's like, God God, dang it. That thing won't heal. Like what is going (laughs) on? And those are, those are, I think sometimes hard to deal with. Whereas like the big ticket ones, like you, you know, you rip your labrum apart and you got to fix it. That's a big surgery. That's a lot of rehab. Mm -hmm. And then, and I think the big thing is the unknown. Um, can I come back from that? And, uh, and for me, I had no idea. I just figured, I'm not going to know if I can come back unless I do something. So I might right. as well do it and find out and go slow and see how it goes. And and for me, it was very, I was fortunate that I had a good support group around me. My wife is super, super supportive. And I think that's supportive. huge it's, to have. It's gigantic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Ronve the same way. I mean, she had her husband, Nathan, and and then I we've had friends in the climbing community. Yeah. As you know, the, the tribe is incredibly supportive. It really um, is. So it, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of feel like I had all the... Positive stuff in a row for me to to kind of get back out there and see what was going to happen.
1: Well, let's talk. About, let's go back to that time, like when you when you were out of surgery, mm. you're thinking about going climbing again. That first time you went out climbing, did you have a a prosthetic already to to try out and see what it was like? I know you had to develop a, a climbing foot yeah. for it, but
2: we uh, well, the, so the first time I went was. Probably eight months after the accident, I, my foot was still in a cast. Um, I had I was out of the back brace. I was out of the neck brace. Um, had done like eleven surgeries. Yeah, and we went to Lander. i that's right. I remember yeah, hearing that. Went, went to Wild cast. Iris, yeah. and that <clears> wasn't. Uh, it was. It was terrifying. It was just like yeah. we were on the at the OK Corral on the end of the OK Corral on a 5.8, My daughter climbed it just, she was probably seven at the time, she kind of hikes right up it. And she caught me off guard because when she came down, she just said, do you want to climb? And I was like, yeah, you know, see what happens. And I tied in and the climbing felt hard. It felt really awkward. Um, the cast climbed like crap, as you can imagine. And getting to the anchor was just absolutely terrifying again, just to let go. And, um, that was like, okay, that was interesting. But I kind of kept repeating that over time, over probably the next year, and then thinking, okay, the, this leg's not going to work. I can't take it out of the cast, so right. I can't really climb on it, so what do I do with it? And once I amputated, then I was back, I think, four months after. with that, I didn't have a prosthetic that had a climbing foot on it. I just put a climbing shoe on my fake foot. Yeah, And um, I climbed like that for a while, and then... The guys who make my leg said, "Well, we'll make one out of titanium, mm-hmm. make it shorter because you got when a full size foot it moves around too much because sure. you can't control the toes." Yeah, and so we made a titanium one, and I climbed on that for probably two years, and realized, okay, this this isn't probably going to be the best idea. But I mean, I climbed El Cap El Cap twice with that, and I climbed you know, sport routes, outside, over steep yeah. stuff. I mean, again, it worked. Again,
1: back to this nonchalant. I climbed El Cap yeah. twice in that <laughs> yeah. titanium leg. Yeah,
2: titanium leg worked great. Um, <laughs> got stuck in cracks really bad. That was the only downside to that leg was like, God, I'd get in a hand crack and just be like swallowed. Oh, yeah. And so that slowed our times down a couple of time, But So the gone. first
1: limitation was psychological. Yeah. And was mental. Yeah. And then you you worked your way through that while you still had the leg. Correct. And then you cut the leg off.
2: Yeah, because like psychologically, I think what you have to do is you have to get to a point where you know this is as good as it's going to get. So, what's my quality of life? And is that the quality of life I want for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. And on no day could I answer that as a yes. It was always, no, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be sitting, I don't want to be just like, well, I, I did all these really cool things and now I don't do them anymore. And I would look at Cindy and she would be going climbing. I'd look at our friends, they'd be going climbing. And I'd think, I want to do
1: that. Yeah. So you're like, let's you know? figure out a yeah. way to how do, make what do I do? happen. So that's Pain how free it, as much as possible.
2: Pain free right. and just like, what's going to work long-term? Because everything yeah. up till that point was kind of short-term fixes. Like we're right. going to put screws in and we're going to put plates in and that's fine. But then they don't work long-term. So it's like- what's going to work long-term for me? And that's when somebody said, well, you can amputate your leg. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, really? What's that like? And uh, then meeting some guys who had done it and like I said, who were reasonably active and they talk about being ambulatory. Um, that's like the, the mark they set for everyone. And yeah. I was like, well, I don't really want to be ambulatory. Like I want to be able to throw a pack on and hike to a cliff right. and climb. I want to so, go beyond this. Yeah, I'd like to know what what is past ambulatory. And they were just like, yeah, we don't know good yeah. luck
1: and that's what's remarkable you know you you just jumped into it without knowing what the end result might be naive <laughs> yeah maybe that's maybe naive that's is, a big part of it naive is a good know? word yeah for
2: sure if if you don't know then you don't know what to ask and yeah. so you just go oh okay Let's see, what, see happens. what happens yeah
1: yeah and that's you know i think maybe
2: climbing prepares you for that a little bit yeah. because that's that's sort of what we do every day you it's know? like on site in a route it's yeah. like i i'm gonna go another couple feet higher and see what i see and then oh hey look at that i can keep moving and, yeah. and that's exactly how it worked too like even the very first time i talked to you know so i got my leg kind of under control and was climbing had the metal foot made and that's how I was talking to Hans Florine. I uh, mm-hmm. just happened to email him and ask him for some speed climbing tips for this comp I was going to enter. And that is, a, he was just like, he wasn't just supportive. Like he was like over the top supportive. Like, oh my gosh, what do you need? Come Hans kind of does everything over Dude, the top. Dude, he just so. was like jumping right in, you know? <laughs> He's like, yeah, come out to the valley. We'll climb out Cap together. Awesome. We'll do it in a day. You need to be the first amputee. And, and I'm just sitting there going, what the hell is this guy? Like, this is insane. And that was pretty, pretty much how my whole experience has been to to this day. I I just meet these great people who are, who are able to say, yeah, how can we support you? And how can we help you? And you're going to do X, Y, Z, we want to help you do that. So it's just been like an exploration more than anything. Just see what happens, see how it works. And sometimes it works. And as you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't, and that's fine too. I learn a lot from, from the, missteps as well as, as the successes so
1: definitely I think you have to um, one of the one of the things I found really cool um, I think I saw it in the season watching you know some of your episodes of the season and uh, you had had this list of things you wanted to do and wanted to repeat that's how the list started yeah and then you found yourself able to do things that you hadn't been able to do when you had two legs. You know, and I think that's really interesting. Making that that jump into, I'm not just going to be what I was before. I'm going to be better than I was before. Right. You know, and and I think that's tough. Even like we were talking about before, when it's a small injury, you know, you think, oh, it's I'm done. You know, I've done the best I can do. Um, but getting past that's a huge thing. You know, and I'm sure that was a slow process. But do you remember a moment when you had this mental shift of? Wait a minute! I'm repeating all this stuff. I can. I think I can do harder.
2: Yeah, I. I absolutely. The first list was ten climbs, yeah. and so we kind of motored through the first eight or so, and they were none of them. You know, at that point before I got hurt, I would kind of red point probably twelve A ish, twelve B ish. Mm-hmm. That was about it, because I just didn't try that hard. I was like, I could get there pretty quickly. Like I could almost on site to that level, and I was like, yeah, that's really. I'm fine with that. That's that's cool. Mm, a little and,
1: complacent in yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. comfortable. I it's liked easy it. To do that.
2: And I was moving outside. I was feeling happy about that. So, then I get hurt and I realize like just to climb 5.8, I have to work really hard. And right. then to climb 5.9, five, 5.10, all the way up through the grades. And then all of a sudden in part of the list, one of the climbs was uh, about 11d. And I get to that and I'm like, this is going to be interesting. Get on it and I realize I I can do the moves, but I can't link anything because my leg is kind of skating all over the place, and I'm trying to figure out body position, new body mechanics, all that stuff. And I do it, and I'm like, "Well, no, wait." So I was trying probably halfway hard. Like I, kn- I knew I wasn't bearing down all the way because right. like, I was like, "I don't know that I've bared down all the way ever." Like I, yeah, kn- that's I, tough. It is like, and you, and you have to be able to look at yourself and say, "Have you?" Like, "Have you really tried?" Right. And I was like, I don't know that I have. So then I'm like, well, I wonder what happens if I, now with this body and this leg, if I really do bear down and try, what's that's gonna look like? Mm-hmm. And so then I started to, that was like a, a switch for me, like a like a big, almost like a light switch. Like I'm gonna now try hard. And Cindy said, she's like, I could see it in you. She's like, all of a sudden, like I don't climb plastics real well. I, I mean, I can climb it okay, I can hold yeah. my own, but it's like, it's not my favorite medium for sure. And I'm with she, you, right. It's like, I use it for training. Yeah. That's what I use it yep. for. And she's like, you know, when I see you climb in the gym, she's like, it's almost not the same person I see climb outside, cause she's like, when you get outside, she's like, you flick a switch. And she's like, you will go. And she's like, doesn't matter what the gears like, it doesn't matter where the bolts are, you just go. And I can do that in my head now. And before I couldn't do that. Cause I really didn't have to, cause I was right. strong enough to hold on and go, eh, I'll just figure it out. Yeah, you were,
1: you were climbing at a level high enough that you could just be like, oh, I'm good. You can
2: almost fake it, you know? right? Yeah. You're just kind of like, I'll show up, I'll do it. It's gonna be, I loved mm-hmm. it. It was really fun. But then all of a sudden I started trying harder and because my body would give me like this small window of time, like, okay, you can try hard <laughs> from 11 to two and then right. it's gonna shut down. So yeah. you better try hard in that two hour period. And that's what I started doing was just like these small windows of, I'm gonna give it a hundred percent and see what happens. And I started punching up through grades then. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, like kind of wish I'd have been doing this all along. Cause I might've been a little further up on the right. curve here. And, uh, and that just, that was a big game changing switch in my brain of just, okay, I'm going to try <clears throat> really hard for 85 feet and see what happens. And, no, I'm not going to take, I'm I'm going to fall. If I fall, fine, but I'm not going to just stop at the bolt because I'm tired. It's like, I'm going to punch through and just see where I get to. And yeah, you know how that is. Like every now and again, you hit the, you, you're like, I'm going to go one more move and see what happens. And you're yeah. like, Hey, look at that. I'm still on the rock. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was the shift for me of, of, okay, my body's going to only do this for so long. Let's see what it'll actually do now.
1: Man, maybe we need to call this thing using limitations because (laughs) because that's really what you're doing you know you you see these limits and you're like oh i'm going to use that to push me right to try harder or to make a really tough decision or you know whatever it is you're using those limitations to you have to recognize for positivity
2: you have to recognize them you have to look Mm -hmm. at something and i think be able to say right there's the right there's the wall and so I want to get I want to get as close to that as I can before I get hurt, but I want to get right up against it mm-hmm. and see what happens because that's where I that's where I've learned the most. That's when, you know, like yesterday we were at this route that we Cindy was working it, I had done it, so I put the draws on it and then the route to the next to the right of it I was going to work on that one and I was maxed so hard Um, and I told her when we drove home, I was like, that is as close to, as I've been to blowing my fingers out on, on a route ever. Like I was pulling so hard. Like, it's like, that is the, that's my limit right now. But I was like, I want to see if I can get to that curve that right at the limit and then back it down a little bit. And so I don't get injured, but it's kind of, it's kind of exciting. It's kind of fun. It is. And you realize what your body can and cannot do. And I think that's. Valuable information to have.
1: Yeah, I had a really, I had a really similar moment when I was coming back from the shoulder injury. When uh, Nate, who you just met, mm-hmm. texted me and asked me, and I've said this on the podcast before, but it's it's really relevant here. He texted me and asked me how many times a session do you give hundred hmm. percent? And I thought about it for a while, and I had actually been working on. Learning to give hundred percent because as a Red River route climber, my go to was relax mode. Right. Like, give as little as possible to make Hold it happen, on just enough. You know? And I finally answered him zero to three. You know, even when I'm trying Damn. to give hundred percent, I can step back down and say, I don't think I was giving hundred percent there, you know. I don't think my core was completely tight or whatever and learning to do that was really important and I don't think I would have come across that had it not been for you know the shoulder injury that made me become a lot more mindful of what I was doing with the time I was spending on the wall we can take a break here if you need to get that he's picking up that take sit. a break. Break. break what's up everybody Chris here pardon the interruption I'll keep this short and sweet since this podcast started taking off and we've been growing it, you guys have been asking how you can help out. I've got three ways for you. Number one, you can become a patron. That just means you give a monthly donation to the podcast, a dollar and up, and you get something in return. And you can check out what those rewards are at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast. Best of all, we'll keep it sponsor and commercial free for you. Number two, you can rate us and review us on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass to go to iTunes and do all that, but it really helps us out. At least that's what I'm told by the podcast powers that be. And number three, perhaps the easiest way and the best way to help us out is to share us on your social medias. Anytime you see us post up a new podcast, please share it with your friends. Tag people who will really appreciate it or who need to hear the advice that we're giving. All right. Thank you, guys. And Back to the show. Right. All right. Where were we? I was starting to ramble and my fiance was going to yell at me um, when, <laughs> when she heard it. She always yells at me for rambling. So That's not true. I can <laughs> never ramble enough. <laughs> so I'm curious if there's anything that you've learned about climbing since the accident. Because like I just said, I became more mindful of what I was doing. And, and it sounds like you did the same, you know, learning to try really hard is there some are there other things you've learned about climbing that you've recognized since you
2: had to do it with just one leg so my i used to before i got hurt what i would do is like i was i think like everybody else like you'd look at a a route or a problem and you'd be like i'm having trouble doing that because i'm not strong enough i'm too short i'm too tall i can't bend that way right i could probably tell you Four different reasons why I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, we've we've all got our list of excuses right. at the Here ready at check, all check, times. Check, yeah.
2: you know, and and what I realized, like after, and and a lot of this came from I would I started to work with folks who were like in the hospital, right? So they're going to cut their leg off or their arm off or something, and I'd go and talk to them, and <clears throat> so we'd have these conversations where they're talking to me about how fortunate I am and and able to be back out there and so excited for me and wow this is great, and I started thinking. Ah, oh, you know what? I, I am pretty damn lucky. Like to go through what I went through, um, the list of injuries is, is so long. Uh, spinal yeah. cord injury still and all this fun it's stuff crazy. Like, where I can't feel. So I have the prosthetic. I can't feel my other foot because of the spinal cord injury I have. Can't feel my fingertips. So you've, most you've days. got
1: no sensitivity in the other mm, foot. Either. I can
2: if you if you hit it hard, I can feel yeah. it. But like light touch, so if but I'm like the stepping toes, on a little edge, you can't feel. Yeah, that I have at all. to. I climb by sight. I just look at everything. Wow. And then my hands, because the way I broke my neck, um, they don't. I can't close all the way, so like I can crimp pretty good, and I right. can hand jam. But like they don't. They're just not as dexterous. So right. I was like okay, so I have this, li- I can look at that list and be like, well, I can't do this because of these things. Would I, right. It gave me this perspective of, you know what though, but you can do it if you want to. If you really want to go do it, mm-hmm. you could do it. So it doesn't matter if your foot doesn't work. It doesn't matter if your hands don't work. If you really want to do it, you'll probably figure out a way to do it. And that's what I started to adopt as my mentality of, I'm not going to be able to climb this the way I used to climb, which would be to just thug my way through it. I'm actually going to have to use footwork. I'm going to actually have to use some technique and some body position. And climbing, I think, is a great teacher of that, of, of, okay, where's your body right now? Should it be there? Um, Should your toe be over there? Should it be up another inch? And that, those are things I never paid attention to. I would just get in there and be like, and just go. And you can do that to a certain level, I think, but then you hit the wall pretty hard and you stop and you stop improving. And that was... For me, to, my body would just be like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that." So you can either let go, or we're going to tear something's going to break. And right. so I would like let go because initially, when I went back, I went back the same way. Like I'm going to climb the way I did. That was what the list was all about. Was yep. I'm going to go do these climbs no matter what? Well, some we'll of get them back I, to the old me. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, two things I realized really quick: the old me is gone, yep. right? And you have to say goodbye to that person, and the new me is has got to learn this sport again. Yeah. So it was and like and can be an improved version. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like 2.0 and it's it's like okay, what were you doing wrong? Okay, you never used your feet. You always tried to force stuff instead of just like reading the route, like looking at the route and going, okay, here's where this is going to send me. I'm going to I'm going to use that. And It's interesting
1: that you're learning to use your feet by Losing a leg and not having the feeling (laughs) in the other foot. Cutting, Cindy.
2: Cindy says all the time. She's like, "Man, before you got hurt, she's like, your footwork sucked." And she's (laughs) like, "Now, she's like, you actually use your feet." And she's like, "You know, the I I can tell you what my prosthetic will stick on because I just from practicing and testing it it exactly because now I pay attention to it. Like if I'm doing any kind of stepping through or flagging, or I can tell you right where it's going to be good and where it's probably going to spit off. And so. You, you just learn like, oh, my mechanics are so different now. I have to pay attention to this and I have yeah. to be a better climber. And I think that the accident did that. It made me a better, more well-rounded climber than I would have probably ever been had I not gotten hurt.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I had never thought of it until just right now, but you know, all those old school guys who climbed in like board lasted shoes, <laughs> yeah, had this amazing footwork, you know. Maybe I need to start putting my clients in like old Boreal just Aces junky and, mountain boots, Yeah, man. yeah, I mean, for real. Put them in Timberlands and have them You
2: you don't realize <laughs> like how how much your feet can do. Somebody just said to me yesterday they were saying if you're if like you have to pay attention to the amount of core tension in your body in the middle, but you also have to pay attention to how much that is pushing down on your toes, how
1: much pressure you're putting and when you're letting it
2: off and when you're not letting it off. And I was like, gosh, that's so true. Like a lot of times I'll forget and you know, my footwork will slide or something. And it's because I'm not keeping the tension all the way through. And with having a fused back, I'm fused my lumbar one through four. So you, you have this for me anyway, it keeps me more upright, which actually helps my core. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like this I can kind of cheat it a little bit. I can kind of slide down on my hardware a little bit and kind of let right. it pull me in. But then it also, if I'm trying to buck out of it real quick, you don't bend as well. So then yep. it's kind of a bit of a hindrance there, but it's like all the things that they've put in me or taken off of me, I've used in a, as a tool kind of to, to help my climbing be better. Cause like the hardware I use. Well, and you should for sure. Yeah, you have to. Um, cause if you just go, Oh God, this is horrible. Then it'll be horrible. Yeah. And, and I'm a big, proponent of just saying every day I mean make the choice every day okay so it's gonna be a good day or a bad day it's either one because there's days I feel like crap as we all do but for sure especially as you get older I mean mm-hmm. that's just like stuff just hurts that's
1: my number one excuse <laughs> yeah it's, that's right like, like, oh, I'm this old is, this is not an old man problem
2: this okay, is right. a Can't this is that. a young man sport that's what I always <laughs> say man it's like damn um they're ten, <laughs> like our sons his fingers don't ever hurt he's like mm, yeah why would my fingers hurt I'm like yeah just wait
1: yeah but and you know, it is a young man's sport, but it's also an old man's
2: sport. So. It's an old, yeah. I think it's a. I man, I think like the the more you climb, I've climbed for 30 years now. The more I climb, the more I look at it and I go, God, there's so much I don't know.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. So much.
2: You know, and I talk no to a question. person like you who knows training so well and is able to, to, to apply that. I'm just, I'm in awe of that because I go, damn, I don't know any of that. Like that is just amazing.
1: But see, I think you do. I think and that's why I, that's why i'm having this conversation with you now because i want to you know and i have these conversations with all sorts of people because i want to i want to take what you're good at and learn from it you mm. know because that's part of training that's part of progression in this sport is using your limitations you know and i think that's a super important thing for people if you know you may not ever go into the gym and systematically train but if you can stop making the excuse and use that limitation and turn it into a positive then you're going to progress and and I, that's why i'm trying to approach training from all those angles from using your limitations from you know talking to carlo traversi about being short but be- right. being this jumpy climber right. you know and you know just everybody's got something they're really good at and i'm trying to find that
2: and I keep telling, I tell people this all the time, um, whether they're climber who got hurt or just, they just got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I say, you, you're going to have limitations. They're going to tell you what they are right away. Yep. You can listen to it and you can acknowledge it, but then you can throw it out the window too. And that's what I choose to do is I go, okay, there's my limitation. I understand that. I understand that my leg doesn't work. I understand that I have all these problems. But if you really want to go do it, you just figure out a different way. And yeah. I think as climbers, we kind of gravitate towards what we're good at. <clears throat> Everybody does it. You know, I'm really good at pinching, so I'm just gonna do those problems. Sure. Well, I suck it, whatever. I, that's probably where I should be applying myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that came from the accident as well for me, where I was like, you know what? My footwork sucks. I probably need to get better on my feet. So I forced myself to do that. And I think if we could all do that, look at that limitation and go, that's my weak spot. I probably should be there. But I think it's like, you have that fear of failure. You don't want to look, mean. Oh, yeah, I terrifying. mean, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to look stupid in front of the people. Yeah. We the don't gym want to look bad. And yeah. You're like, I just want to be cool. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I mean, it's like when I fall on the mats at the gym, everybody laughs just like they laugh when yep. somebody else falls, you know, I mean, we all make fun of each other and it's, mm-hmm. that's what climbers do. And same with trying outside. It's like, I'll if I whip off of something, you're like, damn, I just you know, there's that failure thing component in your brain where you're like, dang it, you know, I should have been able to do that. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's not your day, but I think that the fear of failure kind of left me more where I was like, you know what? It's, it is what it is. And, and plus nobody wants to laugh at a guy with one leg. I mean, that's horrible. (laughs) You can't do that. (laughs) Um, you know, people are just more. I think in tune with. Oh, he's sorting it out, and and Cindy's watched me do it over the years now. Where she's just like, yeah, you just sort it out and figure it out, and then you make it work. And there's some routes I look at, it and I'm like, you know what? I may never be able to do that route. But
1: yeah, have there been routes that you've tried at this point and failed on?
2: Yeah, there's one. Um, there's one up in the park that I want to go back to mm-hmm. um, called Rusty's Pillars. And I did the first free ascent of it, and I went up and looked at it. Was that pre- pre-accident, pre okay. yeah. So I went up there and looked at it, and I was like, man, I think that would be a bad idea. I'm just not sure. So I'm not – like one of the things I recognize as a limitation for me, and I think most climbers do, is we don't want to take a big screaming fall into – to, yeah. to a bad landing. Yeah. And this particular. And I imagine
1: that's particularly high on your list. It's high on point. my
2: list, yeah. yeah. So, like highball bouldering, not super psyched yep. on it now. Um, I still do a bit of it, but like I'm very picky about what I'm going to do. Sure. Whereas this climb, it's got really, it's a hand crack up to a very smooth kind of facey thing that moves off these crystals, which is typical of Lumpy Ridge. Yeah. And um, it has one pre-placed nut that I did on rappel, put this nut in a hole. And I think the nut would hold maybe, but it's a, it's a brassy. So it's pretty, it's a number three brassy Mm -hmm. actually. And I was like, man, if I rip that and I take that ride, what's that going to be like? And then I was like, I don't know that it's worth doing that. And, but that, that climb always sits in the back of my brain. Like, do you want to go do it? And I might just go cause I could throw a top rope on it and just see if I could actually do the moves.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. What about just top roping it? Which is
2: what I'm going up on uh, about three weeks with a buddy of mine from Denver. And I was like, I just want to, I just want to look, I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to send or anything. I'm just saying curious. That's how I've done this whole little trip is just like, I'm just curious. Well, like what that's going to be like, can I do that? Can I not do that? Um, it's like, climbing on any stone you're just like maybe i can do the moves maybe i can't
1: yeah and i think we put a little too much emphasis on shaming the top rope oh i know know? yeah uh and and the stick clip and the you know things like that i i get looks from people at the red sometimes when i (laughs) stick clip the second bolt on something you know and it it might be 512 and i've climbed considerably harder than that but you know i don't want to hit the ground if something goes wrong and something can go wrong at any moment absolutely I'm totally okay with people looking at me funny for a top rope or whatever. And
2: I'm like, man, if I'm trying to figure something out, I don't, especially on a trad line, it's yeah. like, you know, I'm going to sort it out as good as I can before I commit to like maybe getting hurt because I don't want to get hurt. And like, like you said, something goes wrong all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's th- that happens all the time. So rocks break and feet slip off or whatever happens, you know, I mean, th- I I was climbing uh, at Vitavoo and yeah. kicked my whole leg off once. Almost killed my belayer. I was like <laughs> swung through, and I was like, I yelled Rock because that was the first thing that came into my head. And he ducked, and this thing just tomahawked right past him. And I'm like, God, <laughs> oh, that's no. different. Like, he's like, What the hell was that? And I'm like, That was my foot. Could I have that back? And I mean, N- so new risks that you never new risks. About. Man, yeah. stuff stuff can happen. So yeah, I'm I'm all about top rope stick clips i mean yeah absolutely love stick clips actually our son just broke our stick clip i almost cried (laughs) oh god we had to get that fixed Uh, ground him that's right that's right totally
1: (laughs) so speaking of your son and and your kids they were they were fairly young when the accident Mm -hmm. happened two and four how much did being an example to them play into what you were Doing and I think it you know it doesn't have to be family necessarily it could right. be your climbing partners or your just the tribe in general uh, it definitely goes into my head to to be an example
2: yeah I think so initially it was uh, more just a survival thing like I yeah. gotta well, I no gotta doubt. just get through yeah. this because I don't want them to not have a dad you know yeah. I want to be functioning so that they're understanding that I'm their dad one hundred percent so once I got through that initial I guess just the holy shit clause. You're like, okay, now what? And so then it became more not that I thought I want them to look at this and go, "Wow, that's cool my dad does that" because they've just always known me as this person with a missing leg and who's a climber. You know, that's what my dad does. I wanted them as I, as I was doing things to just look at me and say not that he overcame because I'm right. not real huge on that word, uh-huh. but more that he did what he was passionate about because that's really all we want them to do. That you just kept going. Yeah. That, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to hit bumps in the road. I mean, I hit a bump in the road and you got it. You're either going to go around it or you're going to let it bury you. And I went around it. And so you can do the same thing. I mean, anyone, no one's going to skate through unharmed. You know, we all get tore up in some form. So emotionally, physically, whatever it is. And for me, it was both, you know, because when you get hurt, you have the emotional side and you have the physical side. The physical side is actually, I think easier to heal. Definitely. Cause you just bolt it back together, you know, or in my yeah. case you cut it off and yep. then you move on. Whereas your brain doesn't shut down. Your brain's just like, oh my gosh, what the heck just happened? And so I think you have to sort that out. And, and I wanted them to be able to look at me and say, you know what, he figured it out. And he continued down the path of what he was passionate about. And I think if they do that in their life, then that makes me and Cindy very happy because then, you know, it's a life well lived instead of just, you know, and, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but like, you know, sitting in a cubicle, living in a subdivision. I mean, all those things that that are fine for some people, they just yep. were never my passion. It's just not for you. Just not for me. And same with Cindy, it's just not for her. And so we want them to embrace that more than anything. And obviously we'd love to be a life outside because that's what we think is great. I mean, climbing is is my mechanism to be outside Mm -hmm. um but it's mostly the draw to be outside is what keeps me there so
1: yeah and i think that's cool you know i've as a parent myself Mm -hmm. and i've always tried to parent by example and that example doesn't have to be over the top it doesn't have to be huge really really what you want your kids to learn uh, or anyone who's watching you is that whatever setback it was didn't change you, that you're still the same person you were and you're still going to keep moving forward the way you were moving forward.
2: And I think that is something that the climbing tribe does really well. I -hmm. think they watch you initially after an injury like mine and they just want to see what's going to happen just out of curiosity. But then as it progresses and as time passes by, they just want to see if you're the same person. And I always say, I don't, I don't want to be treated like a disabled climber. I don't want to be treated anything special. I just want to be treated like a climber, just like anybody else. Yeah. You
1: know, and you I'm, definitely exemplify that at the crag, you know, when we've been, yeah, when I've been at the just, crag around just you, a climber. if, if you're wearing pants and no one tells
2: the people around though, no, they would never know for sure. And that's how I've always wanted it to be. I just wanted to be the climber that I always was. Yeah. And I think that you said something early on when we were chatting before we started about um, your daughter seeing both sides of things and yeah. and being able to see this very um, normal, quote unquote life, mm-hmm. or this, what I guess some people would say is like an alternative approach. Yeah. Um, yours being the alternative, other people's being the more mm-hmm. regular. Um, I think it's really important to be able to say to your kids, these two things exist yeah, and you should know whichever that.
1: one you choose yeah, absolutely is okay.
2: and it might be a hybrid i don't know but it, you you should know that that stuff's out there because if you then you if you don't then i probably haven't done my job as a parent right because um, i'm supposed to be educating you and showing you those things so i think that then they can make up their own mind which is that's really cool too to see but um i think being able to show them the different aspects of life that's super valuable
1: yeah, no doubt. So do you still, you know, you talked about having that the mental or the psychological, emotional challenges were tougher than the physical challenges. And it sounded like you, you know, you initially after the accident worked through some of the emotional challenges and then the physical challenges became sort of front and center. Yeah. Um, are, are you still having these emotional,
2: psychological challenges while you climb? uh it depends like i'll go a year with nothing like where i can just charge and be psyched but every now and again i'll be on a cliff somewhere and it'll be i couldn't even tell you why it's just something hits me funny and it's and it kind of rattles me to the core almost where i'm just like i i shouldn't be climbing right now and i'll just pack it in i used to fight it i used to be like no i'm not gonna back down and then that just scared me more. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not like a fear of, it, it's more of a, sometimes I get this thing where I'm just like afraid I'm gonna get hurt again. Cause that's sure. like the worst nightmare for me. It's just like, God, I don't ever wanna get hurt that bad again. Yeah. And I broke my foot uh, probably three years ago bouldering, but I literally fell six inches off a boulder. I was feeling yep. holes and popped off and hit a sharp rock mm-hmm. and broke one of the outside bones on my, on my real foot. And I was like, it, it didn't freak me out but it did really make me concerned like god you know i i break that's right i break yeah. pretty damn easy too and yep. so some days every now and again i'll just have this kind of not a flashback but just like a very overpowering feeling of you shouldn't be here right now and maybe you should go down and i go down so it doesn't matter where i'm going doesn't matter what i'm doing Um, Cindy, I climb with Cindy most of the time anyway, and she knows she can see it when it happens. She's just like your whole personality changes. It's just like, I get kind of dark and it just feels weird. Mm. And if I back off it the next day, it's usually gone Then I can get right back on whatever I was doing. But, um,
1: that's pretty important. Every now
2: and again. Yeah. I think if you, I think you, I know guys who can push past that and I, I'm amazed by that. I don't think there are
1: things that you push past, but Mm -hmm. you're, but you're recognizing that this is one of those things you don't you shouldn't
2: push right. past. Cuz you know when you're like you pull on a route and you're you're nervous, like you're yeah. you're a little bit scared, you're yeah. that that's I think really valuable actually cuz yeah. it keeps you heightened. This is not that feeling. This is more of a feeling of sh- something's going to go bad here. Like if you keep doing what you're doing, you need to get down. And so it, you know, it, it's it's never been it's never been where I like just lose my mind completely. It's more just like this. Right. It's not a freak out. Yeah. It's just this very powerful feeling of this is probably not what I should be doing today. And I'll just come off and go, we'll take a hike or whatever, go eat, uh, drink coffee, whatever it is. Just, it's not climbing at that moment. Um, they don't, I used to think, oh, that's going to get further and further apart, mm -hmm. but that doesn't happen that way. It's kind of like, I had this nerve disorder that flares up every now and again. And so, that I I always think it's like the nerve disorder. The nerve disorder never gives me a heads up. It's just like all of a sudden, boom, it hits me and it's with me for 24 hours and I can't walk. And then it's gone that quick. Man. Like I take these drugs and then boom, it's gone. And so that feeling is the same way. It'll be there. And then all of a sudden it's not. And I'm like, okay, right as rain, here we go. And then I can go back out and do whatever I was going to do. So it's very, I wish I could kind of, figure out what the trigger was because it's it's like a trigger if something gets in my brain. Do you but think I,
1: you listened to your your body and your you know, were you aware of yourself this much
2: pre accident? So here's a here's a spooky one. When we walked out to the cliff the day I got hurt, yeah. I had that feeling. I was and walking in, it. and I was like, nah, I'm just nervous. I'm just nervous because I've not been on this route. It's a big route. This is we were gonna do this long six pitch route first. And I was like, it's a big route. I'm just nervous. I'm going to just swallow this. And I, I was climbing really bad when I, the first two pitches, I was climbing terrible. I was like super jerky and over overgripping everything. And mm-hmm. and that, that feeling I get is the exact same feeling I had that day. And so I, I know somewhere in my brain, my brain's like, remember what happened? So you should be paying attention to this. Not yeah. that I think I'm going to get hurt like that again, but I also don't want to get hurt again. So I just... I've learned to like okay when I have that particular feeling, which is a very particular feeling. Yeah, that's when I shut it down and just go, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna move on.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, I think that goes back to the most important part of all of this is just to be mindful of what you're doing, right? And to listen to your intuition, you know. And you know, after the accident, your intuition was, I just need to get back to this, you know, and that's what you did. And when your intuition says, I shouldn't be up here, you yep. come down. And I think that's a pretty smart, pretty healthy, mature way to approach things.
2: And it's it's like training. It's like when I train, there are some days I can train hard. Yeah, exactly. Right? And some then there's you other days rest. you're like, nah, I'm not. Yeah, you just, you go to open your car door and you're like, yeah, I guess I'm not going to train today because I yeah. can barely push the button. So yep. I we, think we use listen, the hashtag,
1: we build machines, yeah. you know, but but i tell my people all the time like you're you're not a robot you're not a machine if if you're not feeling it it's better off
2: take a rest day and come back when you are feeling good because you're Uh, you do you'll actually do good then yeah you know if you go in and just halfway kind of phone it in that's usually when i get hurt anyway that's when i tweak my fingers or my elbow or whatever you know whatever it is
1: yeah, well, I know you need to get your son somewhere, so no I'll let you get to it. But I appreciate you inviting me in and Absolutely. hanging pleasure, out for man. a while. And this was great. So my pleasure. Thank I'll you for having you me. I'll talk to you again some other time. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, thanks, Greg. You bet. You know, this one was a a really fun episode to listen back to, and and that happens to me pretty often because i get to have these great conversations and then you know a month or two or three later i i listen back to it when i'm getting it ready to put out for you guys and it really struck me again how nonchalant craig is about you know this this situation that he found himself in that that could have stopped so many people from from moving on and and he didn't let it stop him he he let it you know catapult him further and um i think we can all really learn from that you know you can you can find an excuse anytime you want one you know you're too short you're too heavy you're too average you're too whatever you know they're all excuses and if you can use those things use those limitations to propel you forward i think that's that's where the money is and um, craig really exemplifies that so Thanks again, Craig, for letting me in to your home and to hang out with your your kids and your wife, and um, just an amazing guy. And I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down and talk with him. And you know, maybe we'll do it again sometime. I would certainly love that. Um, like I said before, we've got some new things coming. We've got uh, some new podcast ideas coming at you very soon. Really, really excited about those. Um, you'll be getting a devil's advocate episode about the moon board pretty soon I know some of you guys are 100% on board with the moon board nah, I have some thoughts anyway uh, you know where you can find us um, we're on the we're on the Facebooks and the Pinterests and uh, we're on the Instagrams and you should be sharing us on all those social medias and uh... Since it's a new year, I'm going to let my dude Nolly Simon take us out. Nolly, um, what don't we do?
0: We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. <coughs> are <laughs> This time, this time, this time, this time. Same, gets, this time, this time. This time, this time. This time, this time. This time, this time. This time. Great.